Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the You Do Woo podcast. This is Allison. Ah, it's still New Year's time, you guys. I'm still easing in to the new year. I have a lot more energy than I did at the end of December and the beginning of January, but it's still a slow, slow ease into that new year vibe feeling for me. And I'm fine with it. If you have not listened to episode 118 from a couple weeks ago about me going MIA for a little while and my vibe for 2023, I highly recommend diving into that episode because there's some good updates on there and I just don't want to repeat them on any of the future episodes. So go listen to episode 118 if you haven't already. And... I'm looking forward to sharing today's episode with you guys. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the guest, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story with this subject. So Ashlyn Wilson is one of my favorite human beings. She is a member inside the New Paradigm Mastermind. She also took my Break the Rules course this past summer. That was a course that I downloaded while on the beach in Algarve, Portugal, and it's freaking magical. If you're in network marketing and you haven't taken that course yet, you must. It's so good. Anyways, that's how I met Ashlyn is she took that course and was in a, the first time I released that course, it was a micromind and we had a group of I think like seven or eight women in there that we had a little Voxer chat going. And so I was able to get to know everybody really well. And Ashlyn has been on a fertility journey for a few years. You will hear more about that within the episode. If you do have any triggers around miscarriage or loss or anything like this, this might not be the episode for you. We don't get into nitty gritty details at all. And it's actually a very positive and hopeful episode, but she does talk about her timeline with her losses and going through IVF and all of that kind of stuff. Anyways, so that is what this episode is about. We have never done an episode on fertility journey stuff since I've been doing this podcast, either Align Designs, which is what this podcast used to be called, or You Do Woo. I think I've talked about my personal journey and getting pregnant with Caroline a little bit, but it hasn't been very much. So this is exciting because this is broaching a new subject and it's a really, really good episode. So I hope that this provides a lot of positivity and hope and reframe around the whole idea and stories that we tell ourselves when we're trying to conceive, trying to call in those those sweet babies into our world. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. And 
Well, I had asked her to share her story before I even was trying to get pregnant, which is just crazy. I'm not pregnant currently. Well, maybe I am, but I don't know. (laughs) I haven't had my period yet, but we'll see how that goes. I'm also doing some hormone stuff right now. Anyways, not pregnant, took a pregnancy test this morning. However, I was pregnant. So really interesting backstory for those of y'all who have been around the past few months in my world. We have been talking about calling in baby number two, but I wasn't sure if I was totally 100% ready. And it was sort of crazy because I got my IUD out in August and we weren't trying really at all. And then in October, I broke my ankle and wasn't able to go to one of my best friend's baby showers in Nashville in early November. And I was like, there's some reason that I broke my ankle and there's some reason, you know, for all of this happening in the timeline and whatever. It's crazy. If you go back and listen to some of my podcast episodes in early November, you'll hear me talking about this. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Like for such a hard life situation. Breaking your ankle is not easy, especially when you have a toddler. I couldn't walk. (laughs) And Cam was gone for like a week and I was having to take care of her while not being able to walk. That was fun. But I knew there was a situation. I was like super positive about it. I didn't go into victim mode. I was like, there's a reason for this. There's like a spiritual reason. And there's a reason for this, for my up-leveling, for my evolution. And because I didn't go to Nashville and I was home, we created a baby. And it was great because it was easy with Caroline. We had to walk through a lot of hoops to get pregnant, different progesterone, Femera, IUIs, all that kind of stuff. And this time it just happened so easily. And Like, I was so nervous about the timeline. I wasn't quite ready to, like, feel sick, you know, get morning sickness. I had really bad morning sickness with Caroline for the first, like, 16 weeks. And my business was in such momentum. And I was just like, I'm not ready for this. But I know that every pregnancy is different. Sometimes with girls, you have more morning sickness, et cetera, just depending on the hormones and the baby and all that kind of stuff. And your health and and all that. So I was like, okay. The beautiful thing was I wasn't 100% sure if I wanted baby number two and getting pregnant made me realize I was 100% sure I wanted a second child and that we would call one in if it was correct divine timing and plan. And that felt really good. There was like a part of me deep, 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 deep down that was like, oh, I wish this was April. (laughs) Like I wish I had like five, five more months for momentum and just to feel really good. Like I've been feeling awesome lately and whatever. So that was like deep down, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful that I know that I want a baby number two, etc. Well, fast forward a few weeks. It was my birthday week. Cam was out of town. He was in Cabo for work. I had a miscarriage. It happened over my birthday. I didn't realize that they can last like seven days. And it freaking sucked. I will not go into details and all of that. I still have been having moments of grieving. It was a lot for the first few weeks. And then I've done a few different therapeutic things that have helped me really release my emotions. And I also did a lot of different things to 
help balance my hormones because there's a big hormone dump after, which freaking sucks. You feel like a crazy person. Anyways, so it's not only like the loss and grief with that, but there's like weird hormonal changes. You were pregnant. Now you're not anymore. And da, 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 like all this stuff. So that sucked because he was gone the week that it happened. And then he came home for a day and then he had to go back out for a week for work. It fucking sucked. It was not cool. And I didn't go into victim mode. I processed my feelings. I let myself feel my feelings. I took a lot of time off from work. This is why I didn't record anything. You know, most of I recorded a podcast while I was still pregnant. And then after that, I didn't record a podcast at all in December. And it's fine. It worked out great to take a break. And I needed that. But it sucked. It really sucked. And I hope I don't have to go through it again. And I don't want anyone else to have to go through that at all. It sucks. But it happens all the time. And not, I don't know, not to put fear in you, but I just think it's like, it's something that is very common. It doesn't have to be common. You can decide what is correct for you and you can manifest to get pregnant and not have a loss and you can do all the things. But it's weird because I have read the Spirit Babies book. Ashlyn and I talk about that a little bit in this podcast episode. If you're trying to conceive or getting ready to try to conceive, I highly recommend reading that book, Spirit Babies. It has totally reframed the way I think about all of this. I read it when I had already had Caroline. I wish I would have read it before while pregnant or before getting pregnant. I would have been a lot calmer. <laughs> but I know that this baby that came in for seven and a half weeks is going to come back and it's going to be the right time when he comes back. I feel like it was a he. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he wanted to be a girl. <laughs> Who knows? But he or she will come back when it's the correct time and there's something not quite ready yet. So that is that. That is why, oh, it was so beautiful too because I did have, I scheduled a few clarity calls that week of my miscarriage and I ended up rescheduling most of them except I had one with Ashlyn and I kept that one and it was beautiful because like of all people, she she knows like what I was going through and she was able to just be with me. I was able to coach her some too, but she was able to coach me too, which was just beautiful. So thank you, Ashlyn. This is a really great episode. Share it with any moms-to-be or people trying to conceive that you know it's beautiful. And I hope that you just love it. Please DM me or tag me on Instagram as you're listening to this and let me know how it resonated with you and enjoy. Okay, welcome back to the You Do Woo podcast, everybody. I am really, really honored to have this special guest on today, Miss Ashlyn Wilson. Welcome to the You Do Woo podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. It's kind of surreal. Yes. Okay. So I, I'm pretty sure like a week after I met you this summer, I was like, you have to come on the podcast at some point. Ashlyn is a manifesting generator, more manifester energy. And we got into all of that. We'll get into that a little bit later, but that is not what this episode is about. 
But before I hit record, I, for some reason, thought that you and I connected a different way than we did. And I, one thing that's cool, we're, we're recording this at the end of 2022. I think it's going to come out the very beginning of January, 2023. But one cool thing that I've been doing at the end of this year is sort of going back and connecting the dots with all of the meaningful connections that I've made, like not everybody, but the like true meaningful connections where I'm like, I feel like we're connected on a soul level somehow. And you were one of those people. And I didn't realize how we actually met. So Ashlyn and I both are in Arbonne. So Ashlyn is very actively growing her business. She just started a few months ago, grew to the area manager level really fast. Amazing. I have been in Arbonne since 2011 it is turned down on the back burner right now. It's an income portal, but I still am connected with a lot of Arbon people. And I was like, how did you find me this year? Because I think we connected in July, but that it goes back even further than that, which is so cool. So you listen to Allie Reeves podcast and I was on it and you immediately booked a reading with me and then it went from there. But the reason that you even knew about Allie Reeves was the reason I knew about Allie Reeves. Our friends in common, Sandy and Wade Critides, have a really good podcast called Getting Magnetic, right? Yeah. They interviewed Allie. I didn't know who the heck Allie was until I listened to their podcast. And I thought she was just a network marketing coach. So for a while I was like, well, I'm not totally building my network marketing business right now. So I don't know. But then I kept listening to it and it was like, oh, this is what I need. So now she's my mentor because of all those dots. And now that's how I met you. So thank you, Sandy yeah. and Wade. And thank you, <laughs> Allie. So that's been been really cool. And you you were a member of the first round of my Break the Rules course, which is the network marketing course where you do a deep dive into your human design chart and all of that. And it's just so cool because you, I think half of the women in there ended up really taking everything and building their businesses huge. And then half of the men, women were like, I don't know if network marketing is for me, which is totally fine. But it was so cool connecting with you and seeing the growth that you've had in your Arbonne business over the past few months. I'm one of your biggest fans. And not only that, but you've really created a very loyal following on Instagram based around lifestyle, health and wellness, and being very open and vulnerable about your fertility journey which is so crazy. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but that is something that I've just so admired in you and that it took us quite a bit to get pregnant with our three-year-old. And I wasn't ever really, well, I didn't have a podcast at the time, so whatever, but I wasn't super open about all of that. And I know that women are more comfortable talking about, about everything now, but it's weird too, because I feel like we'll get into this, but there's so much interesting energetics that go around talking. I mean, it's a sad situation. There's a lot of grief and healing and just despair and stuff that goes around that. But watching your journey has been so different than some of the women that I've seen walk walk through the same same journey that you have. So give us a little peek into your world. And we'll get to your fertility journey in a second, but give us a quick background on everything Ashlyn if you're able to overview like 37 years in five or 10 minutes. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I am married to the best human in the world. He's actually like my perfect match and I a hundred percent manifested him and made space for him and then totally surrendered to him. So he asked me to go to Thailand on our first date. We went four and a half months into dating and he asked me to marry him on the first day of that trip. 
We've been together for just over 10 years. We're married for nine. And I say manifested because I'm like a rom-com junkie and I would watch them like on repeat over and over and over again. And I just truly, for whatever reason in my heart and soul know that like me always loving the happy ending. And I would always say that like, I don't care if the ending is predictable. This is exactly what I want. I feel like looking back, like that was really me like making space for that possibility and like that type of love in my life. And I have it. And so it's something that I'm very grateful for and that I nurture and that I, I cherish and, you know, I, I know doesn't always exist. And so it's, I say that's the first thing about me because he is me and that's my <laughs> the biggest thing and priority in my life right now. And hopefully will always be. Um, but I have the cutest little friend, Jeannie Whelan. I was born and raised in Hawaii until I was about 10. My mom's Hawaiian. Um, we moved to a small town in Arizona called Yuma. Um, I graduated from Arizona State University. Um, so kind of a small town gal. I would say I'm a small town gal with a glass half full attitude. <laughs> the cheesy person like that, but it's just true. Like, as I'm sure you'll find out as we have this discussion, like I'm always looking for the lessons and I'm almost immediately looking for the silver linings. And this even happened last night and just to like segue a little bit, like I broke something. I bought this donkey in the Amalfi coast and it's supposed to represent luck. And I bought it this summer for my nursery and I accidentally hit it over last night and it broke the two ears broke off. And I immediately was like flushed with emotion. And then Mick came out, I screamed (laughs) and I said, well, it broke into two pieces. I was like, okay. I was like, maybe that means that our twin boys are coming. And that was literally like the first reaction that I had. And then it made me feel better. And I don't know where it comes from or why, but like, it was so bummed. It's like, I can't replace it. unless, of course I can go back. Maybe I could find the gallery, but like, that was the first thing that came to my mind is like, what is the positive? And I was like, so anyways, just to kind of give an idea of how my brain works, I guess. But I've lived in San Diego for almost 17 years. I came here for an internship in meeting planning with the goal of getting into events and then owning my own wedding planning company. Like soon after, like I realized that it meant that I would be working nights and weekends. And as a woman, like as I was seeing like the woman that I worked for at the time and seeing her business grow, she in particular was more in demand. And that wasn't at the time, like something that made sense to me for what I wanted. Like I wanted to grow a business, but I want to like, now I know the term is I want to be an owner, not an operator, right? But like you're an operator for a certain amount of time. Um, and so at the time, I just think like as all younger, just out of college kids, like you maybe don't want to do the work to get to that point. But um, ironically, I ended up working in the bars for years. So I still ended up sacrificing my nights and weekends for a very long time while I like dabbled in different things, real estate, um, sales, like just trying to see what stuck with me. And they all kind of felt like they were parts of me, but nothing ever really felt like totally right. So just before my wedding, Nick saw kind of how miserable I was at the bars and was just was like, you can quit. It's okay. Like you have me. Um, and I don't know why, but that moment I was fine again, but just like surrendering into letting him take care of me if that's what needed to happen to figure out what was going to happen. And I truly think I needed to let that go to make space for the next thing. Because as long as I had that it was good money, I was basically what I would always fall back on. Right. And I needed to take a step back financially to really launch myself into what, what was coming to myself. So from there, like I ended up getting a job the next month um, and starting shortly after our wedding. And I currently am in the tech industry and I'm working as a program manager at a Fortune Top 50 company where we service about 7,000 organizations worldwide, including about 80% of the Fortune 500 list. 
Um, so I oversee software engineering delivery life cycles to like prop to produce like products and services that people don't realize they use every day. And then as of this year, I became an Arbonne consultant. Um, and that was after using the products for a few years and really improving like my health journey and my, my relationship with food and um, just like really aligning my body with like how it's supposed to feel and realizing what it's supposed to feel. That's kind of when I took that on earlier this year, which there's definitely more um, details as to why I decided to do that. Um, one being an extra, you know, income portal, things like that. But there's a various reasons that kind of merge to bring me to the road to taking that on in addition to my current job. Um, True MG fashion of all these different things <laughs> going on. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like the only other thing is just my husband and I travel a ton. We aim to do it like at least one big trip a year. If you see my hallway, there's a trip, a picture of us somewhere magical and, you know, landmarkish. <laughs> and I have like three rows, the whole hallway filled. Um, but even with that, like we, we still manage to find ourselves in Mexico and, you know, throughout the United States all the time. But yeah, we've been to several countries in Europe and Asia and Africa and I just look at my life and say, like, I don't want anything to stop. And I know I want to add kids and I know that that's expensive and I know that that is time consuming. So for me, like, I don't want the things that we currently have to go away. I just want to add. And I've always looked at, I kind of looked back and said like, okay, well, the only really difference in that is money. I was like, so let's just make more of it. And that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons that the network marketing business made sense to me. But yeah, I think just in general, that's the one thing you can change. Like you can change your financial circumstances. So let's just go for it. Love it so much. And now y'all are leaving tonight to go on a business trip to look at other income portals. So I think that's so, so (laughs) smart. I mean, we can probably talk about this on another episode too, is just as far as like having as many income portals as you can. But (laughs) I can definitely envision you and your husband taking little ones on all of these trips. And I'm excited for you. And I just, so you know, I'm holding that vision for you because it's pretty cool. We went to Portugal with our, with our toddler this year and it was so cool and I want to do it again. And it's just, well, the first time she even went to a beach was in Portugal. And I was like, okay, this kid is ruined because now, (laughs) then we went to the coast in Galveston, Galveston, the coast of Texas for Thanksgiving. And she's like, what the heck is this? This is not the same as, as the Algarve in Portugal. So I see that for you. I mean, I grew up in Hawaii, so I remember moving to Arizona and everybody's obsessed with San Diego. And they're like, the beaches, they're great. And I was like, coming, I'm like, you can't see the bottom of this ocean. Like, what this is ugly. I actually remember saying it was ugly. And now I'm like, that's so, so terrible. (laughs) They're not beautiful beaches, but it's just like, obviously, like, you're right. You ruined her. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so when did you and your husband start trying to conceive, calling in your your soul babies, and let us know as many details as you want to of that journey and uh, whatever you're comfortable sharing with us? Yeah. First, I'd probably rewind just a little bit before con- like trying to conceive in the sense that I've always been a person that really, like, I never said that I knew. I, I always said, like, you'll never be ready to have kids. But I think you'll know when there's a shift, like when there's something more that you want in your life. And that's kind of how I always described it, because I would get made fun of a ton by my friends, like you can't plan everything, Ashlyn and whatever. And so I was on birth control for 20 years until I got on top of it. Um, And that was just, that's probably a whole nother episode of Mm -hmm. the decisions around that and what I do and do not regret about that. But I ended up getting off birth control October, 2019. 
Um, that was kind of like just a shift where I remember my husband and I having a conversation and saying like, you know what, like I'm scared. I'm nervous. Like we love our life. We're, we're nervous to shake things up and introduce something new. But I felt like this calling to want more to like add to our lives. And so that's when I got off birth control. And with birth control, as many may know, like you may not get a period for a while. They say it could take many months for your cycle to regulate. So I did not have a period. And the first week of December, I found out I was actually pregnant when I was in doing some SIBO testing and various things with the naturopath, food sensitivity test. I was kind of through a whole health journey starting then. And um, I was telling her something as I was about to breathe into this tube. And she was like, no, I really think we should do a pregnancy test. And I did. And I, I started just bawling, not because I was like, sad, but I just had never been pregnant. I didn't know what it was supposed to feel like. I remember apologizing. I don't know how to act. And she was like, that's okay. So, but I was excited. And um, it was the Thursday, I believe, leading up to what I, I have a party every, the first weekend in every December for all of my girlfriends. And I was like, holy crap, like this is what a weekend, right? To like find out this knowledge. My mom's in town the whole time. I didn't even know how to talk about it. So I actually didn't tell, I didn't tell my mom, I was like, okay, if I'm pregnant, like I want to tell her and my dad at Christmas and that'll be really fun. So, right. Like as soon as you find out you're pregnant, your whole reality shifts, like what's your life going to look like? How, like what's next you're going to look like? Like what I'm going to be pregnant for anniversary, like all these different things that just like you start to think about like, oh, they'll be this age or I'll be this old when they graduate high school. Like those are all the mind shifts that happen as soon as this, this realization I didn't tell my husband. I found out on a Thursday. I didn't I tell him till Sunday. And I didn't even really tell him. He found out. <laughs> I found out. I did I went and did the blood test. I bought some pea sticks. I went and bought a cheeseburger in and out. I was like freaking out. And then I just didn't know how to tell him. I was like, do I make this cute? Am I supposed to buy a onesie? Do I wait like two weeks while Etsy makes the customized onesie? <laughs> with how to do this. And then I just thought it was so sweet that like he was in this all reality that I no longer lived in. So I almost like wanted to let him be there for a little while, like no cares in the world, not the stress. And then I don't know how honest you are. I'm just going to be honest. So we were actually intimate on Sunday morning before my party and he noticed um, something in my upper region just yeah. like looked different. And yeah. he was like, uh, he's like, is everything okay? And then I just started dying laughing and I was like, I took it. That's amazing. <laughs> um, that's how we found out like with my body I basically got up with control and was pregnant right away. And I went in for the ultrasound basically the following week and there was no heartbeat. Hmm. And they were like, you know what? We really don't know how far along you are. So let's just give it another week or two and we'll have you come back because maybe your HCG levels are just like through the roof. And, you know, then my husband was like, oh my God, we have twins, like for sure. You know, so the whole conversation, again, is just expanding in different directions. And I honestly was still really hopeful and excited. Like, I didn't think that I was miscarrying. Um, but I also am a very real, I'm a very positive person, but I also am a very realistic person. And so for me, I was like, okay, like, if this is it, like, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I have so many friends I've had miscarriages. It's very typical of a first pregnancy, all these different things, right? And I was like, I didn't even know I was pregnant. So I don't even want to tell you all the things I was doing those nine weeks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just like all the things, you know, kind of like justifying it in either direction. And I went back in for that next ultrasound and there was no heartbeat. Um, and that was definitely a sad moment. And I think 
because we love our life so much and we were traveling so much. I think that that was honestly the silver lining of that pregnancy was realizing that we wanted it and that we weren't scared anymore. Like you're scared, of course, right? In the reality of like, what are you going to do with a child (laughs) when they send you home from the hospital? Um, But it was really, I remember thinking that was the first thing, like, at least we know we want this. At least now, like the next time this happens, we're going to be more excited, more in that moment of just like acceptance. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And that was literally the first thing that came to mind. Um, so since I was so far along, they, they recommended a, a DNC and I really didn't think much about it. And I went forward. Um, I was actually January 1st on 2020. I had a DNC. Um, cause that was the first day of that new insurance was kicking in. So I just wanted to make sure I was with the same provider the whole time. And yeah, so we did that, recovered from it. And honestly, mentally, like it was, I felt very disconnected from other women that had miscarriages because, and I don't mean to sound insensitive at all, but it's very, I feel like the message is always very doom and gloom and very woe is me. And it's not that that isn't real for sure. Cause <laughs> we'll get to why I, I can relate to that I just felt like I remember thinking like not only do we know we want it but also like okay I get extra time with my husband like and we booked a vacation we went we booked a trip to Tulum um we went the second week in February so like a month later and I was like and we'll get and then when that trip we decided because as you I've, I've alluded to a little bit I'm a bit of a planner that I didn't want to have a holiday baby because I think it sucks their birthdays never get celebrated and, and then why add that stress on me about planning a party during Christmas time? I already got the girls brunch. I already got, you know, the holidays and planned for. And so I was just like, but why? Right. And so it's like, well, if we don't do that. Like, go to Italy. And then we'll start, you know, trying, if you will, again. We were never not trying and get back on the pill. Um, but when I was ovulate, I, that's when I started talking my ovulation so that I just would try not to like get pregnant for just a couple months. So I was never like crazy about like needing to get pregnant. I was never, I've never had that attitude about it. Um, so that's also something I don't really relate to a lot when people are like, just relax. And I'm like, I don't think you get me who I am. <laughs> um, so we planned the trip in 2020 and then obviously like the world shut down. So we didn't get to go on that trip, um, but we did start like the floodgates and not tracking my ovulation anymore and just, you know, getting after it. And if we got pregnant, we got pregnant and then we got pregnant right away again. So pregnancy number two was in September of 2020. I actually found out I was pregnant on a huge girls trip or actually when my girls trip it was a group trip in Palm Springs. One of my best friends had just announced that she was having a baby girl to us all. Um, and that Sunday I told her when she announced on Friday, I think it was, I was like, I think I'm pregnant. I haven't had my period. I was just like, do you want to do a pregnancy test? Like I have a bunch still on. And I was like, uh, let's do it on Sunday. Let's just see if it comes. And I kind of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this nobody makes you sound terrible. I was like, but I was like, I just kind of want to go out rosé by the pool tomorrow. Yeah. And like, I don't want to feel, think about it. And I was like, I'm glad. Bye. Like, you know, my whole head was just like, just like, and so Sunday came around and I ended up like not really drinking that weekend. So just, I don't know, you know, just like something in my soul was like, hmm, not really feeling it, even though the idea of it sounded great the night before. I took the pregnancy test Sunday with her and my husband and her husband were there. We had this whole group of other, like, I think like 10 other couples that were there. And I was, found out I was pregnant with one of my best friends. And so that was super exciting. And she was pregnant. And so I was like, we're going to be pregnant together. And this is going to be amazing. 
Um, we're going to have you know, maternity leave, like just like a dream, right? We've been friends for, I don't know, at that point, 10 years or something. So it was really kind of cool to be in that moment with her. And our husbands are, are friends. And so like, and they're going to get that bond and they're going to have each other to lean on for questions. And so it was just a really cool thing. And it felt so good. Um, and then a week later, I was leaving and that that was um, classified a chemical miscarriage. So that one was definitely harder from an emotional standpoint because of all the reasons I just mentioned. It was like everything just felt right, right? Like this is how it's supposed to be. And so that was a bummer. Um, but they, they weren't the same reasons. So my OB was like, there's really nothing to be concerned about. Like these things happen. This is, this is a type of pregnancy that if you would just assume you're pregnant, you're, you're, you're periodless, like, right? If like pre- modern pregnancy tests weren't so good. So kind of moved on from that. But at that point, I was like, I just want to make sure that everything's working. Um, so that's when I called a fertility doctor. And because of COVID, there was like a four month waiting list to get in, like they weren't seeing new patients yet. So I think that was in like October or November, I finally like made the call to try to get on that list. And it wasn't until March of 2021, where I actually had my first appointment with an IEO or fertility doctor. I don't like to say infertility. Yeah, I just right. feel like it's negative. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. say fertility treatment. Um, I, I know that's correct, but no. Yeah, I think it's a big deal to say fertility instead of infertility. Yeah. So March, 2021, I had my appointment, all, all my blood work, everything was looking good. My husband's sperm actually was not where it needed to be. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> it's going to get real here. <laughs> um, so male factor infertility is actually very untalked about, but I, I believe the percentages are, I know they're above 50% of all infertility okay. is actually male factor induced. So this, there's a good things about this. Sperm regenerates every 90 days. So if there's something like in your diet or maybe there's something that you've been taking, medications, anything, like this is a good problem to have because it's something that is is really fixable, right? Like if I don't have any eggs, that that's a problem. You can't put more eggs in my body. I'm born with the amount that I'm going to have. So it was definitely hard on him emotionally and mentally to have that happen. But I, for me, I was like, baby, I'm like, this is the best problem we could have. Like, this isn't even a real problem. This is 90 days, right? Like, and we're back in that holiday period. I was like, this puts us directly in the summertime to get pregnant again, exactly what I wanted to. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of the thought process. Like, this is going to change the things and what this thing. And at the end of the 90 days, everything is fine. Again. So just if there is male factor infertility, sometimes it really is that simple. I have seen some of my friends go through it and their doctors are taking them through IVF and huge expenses and they never even tried the 90 day cycle. So just yeah. throwing that out there. Quick nobody- thing. First of all, definitely, if you have questions about this, DM Ashlyn on Instagram. I'll put her um, link in the show notes below. But that was the same situation with us. And um, like I had some issues like low progesterone issues, but he also had some sperm issues. And they were very easily fixed with a few supplements with... And with um, making sure he didn't have his phone in his pocket or had his laptop lip sitting on his, there's a lot of radiation that happens and can kill sperm, mutate them or make them slower or whatever. What, what tips would you um, tell people for that? I definitely think that, you know, me moving into a consultant phase in my business as well, not just utilizing the Argon products was that everything, you know, just some of it was just supplements, the quality of the supplements, um, increasing the dosage of some of those supplements. Um, If I remember correctly, it was, Gosh, I'm sorry, this is over a year ago now. I'm trying to remember exactly what we did. 
Vitamin D, HCG um, was actually an injection that he started taking, which also increases sperm count. So just some various things like that, but, you know, just kind of being a little bit more cleaner. He stopped, not that he drinks a lot or anything, but he'd have a glass of wine at night, you know, during the week. And he kind of just didn't cut back completely. We still drink on the weekends, but he didn't do as much of like the weekday beer, like wine, things like that. So like I said, we we took it seriously, but we weren't so serious. We were like, we were one of those couples that was like regimented and not living our lives and all that kind of stuff. But we did obviously want things to improve. So So yeah, so that was that. The 90 day cycle come back. In the meantime, we did like our chromosome testing and they do that to make sure that like when you go to do genetic testing on embryos, if you get there or just if you're going to IVF or previous IVF because we weren't quite there yet. So sorry for that jump. Just like, hey, is everything genetically good with you? Or do like maybe are there chromosome abnormalities that maybe when they meet, different things like that. And so everything looked normal. Um, so really we were in a good place. Like my estrogen levels were a little low. So my lining needed a little help, but obviously I'd already gotten pregnant twice. Like I'd implanted twice. So that wasn't a problem. That was a major concern to my doctors. So then we get to the summer and I honestly don't recall how I remember finding, I don't recall how I found out. I was just on the phone with my doctor and I think, and he was like, you know, IUI is covered under your, your insurance. And I was like, oh. like, that's just, you know, basically timing, right? So a timing thing. And I was like, well, maybe that's the problem. So I was like, yeah, let's go kind of move forward with it. If it's covered, like it's honestly something I wouldn't have paid for. I think I've always, I've talked to many women about it just because of the low percentage rates of success. I'd never thought that that was personally worth even a couple thousand dollars. Like you might as well put that towards the thing in my mind that's really proven to work, which obviously there's no guarantees, but IVF have higher success rates. But since it was covered, I was like, well, let's just do it. And so I did that in August of 2021 we went to Hawaii the following week as I mentioned I'm from Hawaii we went to like one of my, my hometowns and I, I like I knew I was pregnant like I absolutely this was the one that's very hard for me <laughs> I knew I was pregnant I remember laying on a paddleboard where I on a beach I used to play at and I was in the middle of, like the water and I was laying there with my foot in the water and we in Hawaii we say mana is like and um, I just was like, I put my hand on my belly and I was like, I know the mana is here. Like, I know the life is here. And I was like, and I couldn't be in a better place for this to begin. And we came home from that trip. We took, we had the two week wait. If you're in any sort of fertility journey, you know what the two week wait is. And I was pregnant. And that was like incredibly overwhelming. It was exciting. It was, it just felt perfect. It felt, it felt great. And I was two weeks at that point, right? And so that one, I think it's hard for multiple reasons, alluding to the fact that I've lost it, which I did, but it was harder for multiple reasons because one, it's like the third time, right? Like we're really like excited and ready for it this time. Obviously we're very intentional because we did IUI. The whole part of being home felt right when I was in Hawaii. And then I sat with that pregnancy the longest. I was two weeks when I found out. And then I went in for the heartbeat appointment at around eight, nine weeks. And we actually this is another reason we actually did heartbeat and it was super strong. And that was a point in my pregnancies that I hadn't gone to before. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a point in my pregnancies that I'd never been. And so, you know, after that many weeks of thinking, knowing you're pregnant, kind of like holding that close and walking and touching your belly and thinking about how life's going to be and all the things. We heard a heartbeat, but she saw something in my uterus and as well. So she technically 
graduated needs that they do when you're in fertility and you go to a normal OB, they graduate you to an OB. And she said, you know, I just want you to go in for some really in-depth ultrasounds at the hospital just to make sure. She's like, because what I see looks like a molar pregnancy and a molar pregnancy mimics pregnancy, but it's not actually real pregnancy, which made no sense because I have the heartbeat living yeah. on my phone. Yeah. So listen to what I want to. It doesn't make any sense. Something's there. She's like, I could just do the angle. Like, I just want a better, a better ultrasound for you. So I went in two days later. It was a Friday and my husband was like, do you want me to go? And it's a, they still weren't letting anybody in to the clinics with me. So I was like, there's no point in you coming with me. Like we heard the heartbeat, everything's fine. So I went to that appointment, did the ultrasound. And then I went to the OB and I had to get the OB an hour later. And there's a few reasons why the situation was terrible. One, I mean, the delivery was honestly terrible. The second part is I'm alone. But she was like, you know, are you sure you were pregnant? Is what she asked me. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I heard a heartbeat two days ago. She's like, okay, so you heard it. Um, She's like, there is no heartbeat now. She was like, there is no pregnancy. And she's like, so we're going to need to move forward with a, a DNC, a dilate, dilate and call it, whatever the hell say it. <laughs> she's like, and we have opening the evening. And I just was like, <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> I was crying I honestly was like I, I say I blacked out but I also remember everything so quickly like I just was a disaster I didn't understand I couldn't get words out and in hindsight like I would have asked her to do another ultrasound in hindsight I would have there's so many questions she was like we need to do a biopsy she's like we think it's molar pregnancy and I I remember saying that doesn't make any sense that's all I could say I was like that doesn't make any sense and she's like well it's just probably an, a normal abnormal pregnancy then just the whole situation was awful I got into my car and I called my husband and I was just, I couldn't say anything. Yeah. I was just crying. I was just crying. <laughs> and that was, that was that day I came home, honestly. And I had a meeting still on my calendar with my, my manager and I took the meeting and I got on the, I got on, this is me. Like I literally won't, like I won't call in sick to, to save my life. <laughs> and I get on the call with her and she asked me how I am. And I just start crying. And she was obviously like, you need to, as much time as we off. And then I just took a hot shower and I slept until surgery because I couldn't yeah. I couldn't um, go back in unless you haven't eaten for eight hours, all the things could be put under. So um that was just a really shitty situation and like a lot of things that I would do differently. Um and just because of the last couple of years I already have a bit of a distrust like in the medical community. I know that we have a lot of amazing doctors and nurses out there. So this is definitely not speaking for everything, but there's just situations that have come up over the last couple of years that have made me question things in, in ways. And then this experience was just in hindsight, she shouldn't, I don't think she should have pushed me into a DNC that quickly. I think we should have tried to let me pass it naturally because now I'm dealing with some uterus scar tissue issues and stuff like that. So I guess that's, I should pause there. I know I've been talking for a while about that's my previous pregnancies. Um, and then obviously at a point now, where I've been going through IVF, so I don't know if we want to pause there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you feel? Do you want to share about IVF or do you yeah. want to talk about now going forward or? Yeah. Yeah. So we are currently going through IVF. So of course, after that, all of that, sorry. So hold on. That was in August when you had. Yeah. I lost it in October. My, my DNC was in October, 2021. Got it. And then, then where were you at as far as like your 
your mindset on being like, do we take a break from this or do we start going to IVF now? Or like, where, how did that? Yeah, I instantly was like, let's just do IUI again. It's covered. Like, I'm down. Like, no, there was no part of me that felt like I needed to take a break. Stop. I, I knew I wanted it. I knew it was ready. I was excited about it. But you have to have your a full cycle before you're able to go back to IUI. So that was just the thing that I needed to wait for. Um, mentally, that one, every other one, I met, the other two, I bounced back very, very quickly mentally. We always had things on the calendar every single month. It was like, okay, if we get pregnant, great. If not, then I guess I'm drinking in Montana. You know, like that was kind of always the thing. And it was like, or I'm pregnant in Montana. And, you know, it didn't matter to me. Like I was all, we were always moving forward and just planning things and having fun. Like it didn't, that, none of these pregnancies ever stopped our lives. Like not one time. This third one, I don't think it stopped our lives so much, um, but it was a quieter period, but that's Typically, the end of the year is quieter for Mick and I. We travel a ton, and then we always feel very like cozy at home towards the end of the year. So I still hosted Thanksgiving. I, actually, two weeks after my DNC, I hosted my I, I, my pumpkin carving and painting party for all my friends and their kids. Like that was two weeks after that last one. So so many people. I was hosting a baby shower in November, and one of my from one of my closest friends. And I remember her husband told her. Like, you cannot let Ashlyn do this after what she's been through. And Mick told me, my husband told me that we're all very close. And I called him and I was like, don't you dare. Don't you dare tell her that. I was like, she deserves this. I am thrilled for her. I'm thrilled for you guys. Like, it's like my truest honor to be able to celebrate it. Like, you're taking, don't take away the joy from her. But that's just on her. And certainly don't take the joy away from me either. Like, just because I blocked a pregnancy doesn't mean that, like, Everyone else needs to be quiet about theirs or any joy that's going on in their life. Like, what a shame to leave me out. And that's the thing that I've been very vocal about. Instagram with my friends, like, don't not share with me. Like, that hurts my feelings so much more than, like, tiptoeing around me. Like, that's, for me at least, and that's also something I've never related with to on all these fertility or infertility or all these women that do talk about IVF. And again, there's no right or wrong way to go through this, but it's just, from a relating standpoint, people would be like, oh, follow this person. Like they're, they're really great at going through this journey. And like, you want to connect with people. And I never connected because they would always say like five things not to say, five things not to do, five things to be, or 10 things to be aware of around the holidays with your friend. And I'm like, I don't care about any of this. Like none of this makes sense. I want someone else to hold back their joy for me. Like I wouldn't want to suppress my pregnancy. And, and, and even, and that's a great example, actually. The friend I was going to that baby shower for, during my second one, the chemical pregnancy, I told her, and when I told her, I was only, like, I literally got pregnant, and then I told her, like, the next day. Because I just wanted her to know as soon as possible. And she had been going through IVF. She had failed IUIs. She had all these things going on in her life that this is, like, basically the number one cardinal rule was to, like, not include them or tell them early. And I started bawling when I told her and she, she was like, do not cry. She was like, are you kidding me? Like, I am so happy for you. Like, we're still going to do this together. And that's just kind of like the world that I live in. Like, it's just not, it doesn't make sense to me to do any of that. So I kind of shy away a little bit from some other IVF mamas sometimes just because I feel like we have very different perspectives on how to go about living our lives while we're going through this thing, Right. So I didn't get my period for a few months. It was March 2022. So here we are a year after I started right with my first doctor's appointment. 
And my doctor said, oh, you have IVF covered under your insurance. And I was like, first of all, people, look at your plans. <laughs> I am very blessed. I have worked for a tech company, like I mentioned earlier. Tech companies are very competitive in this space when it comes to like health and fertility and all the things. I just did not realize it was a benefit that was offered to me. And maybe it had just been added that year. I don't know. But like, y'all go look at your plans so that you know, like what you're, you know, what you're available to you. Like, so I was like, oh, it is. I was like, well, shoot, I'm 30. I was 36 and 37 now. I was like, well, let's just do that. I was like, that just makes sense. Like, I'm 36 years old. I'm only getting older. Like, if I can store some, you know, healthy embryos, like you're telling me my egg supply is good you know, my husband's sperm is fine, like all these things, like, let's just do that, right? And then not only that, but that makes sense, because if I've had some miscarriages, three at this point, you know, the only thing that they could conclude is that there was some sort of genetic abnormality going on, and they just get rid of themselves. That's what nature is meant to do, right? So it just made sense for it. It's like, we're going to go through IVF, get the embryos, they'll get genetically tested. And we're basically, because our chromosomes were fine and everything, like we're putting ourselves in the best position possible to have a successful pregnancy. If at that point it doesn't take, like sure, there's still the possibility that there's some genetic, some minute genetic thing that we couldn't get on the original family. But also it's like, maybe there's something with my ability to carry, right? And that's a whole nother problem. So We've been going through the IVF process, um, had to go through blood work and various different things. We ended up doing a retrieval in September 2022. And even that process, I didn't relate to a lot of people. Like people were really going through it with the injections. I felt great throughout the, all the injections. Really excited, really hopeful, lots and lots of energy, like almost maybe with adrenaline. I, I don't know, but I just felt well, you also, I you've did also spent a good year or so getting really healthy and taking care of yourself and detoxing and all that, you know? So, yeah. 2020, January 2020 is when I really started my health journey just for me after that pregnancy. I think that's how I reacted was like, I'm going to get the best shape possible and I'm going to be really healthy and all these things. And I feel like if I, I always wanted to do that, but somehow getting pregnant and not having the first pregnancy was like, okay, now you really have to do this. <laughs> um, and so that was the first shift. But yeah, I was definitely a lot more intentional from through 2021 into 2022. So we had our retrieval in September 2022. And then during my retrieval process, they could see something in my uterus and they weren't sure what it was. So after my retrieval, I had a saline sonogram, um, which is where they put a tube into your, your surface, into your uterus, and they fill it up with water, saline. Um, and if it's like a polyp or a fibroid, which is very, very typical, especially of women that are getting put on a lot of hormones to develop those, then they know they need to go in and surgically remove those. But mine... When that happens, water will spit, that feeling will spit back out. For me, it was just absorbing, 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 but they couldn't, like, it wasn't filling up. Mm-hmm. My uterus wasn't filling up the way it's supposed to. So basically, I, I had to go in for a hysteroscopy. They thought that it was scar tissue, which, you know, I kind of previously mentioned a little bit, touched on. Um, and they got in there. I had that surgery December 1st of this year, so 2022. Um, and there was a ton of scar tissue. And that's where I go back to like, in hindsight, right? Like passing these pregnancies naturally, at least trying, like you might end up needing a DNC anyway, 
But if you can pass them naturally, even though it might be more uncomfortable, this is a risk, honestly, that they not one time spoke to me about the scar tissue. I'm sure maybe it was in the paperwork that I signed in a blind, crying, upset position, but it was not spoken to me either time that the risk of a DNC would be scar tissue in your uterus and that they would increase with every DNC that you have. So that's where I go back, especially to the second one and say, like, what were you thinking? Like, I'm already going through all of this other stuff. And now you're putting in a surgery eight hours later rather than trying to let me pass this naturally. So I had that surgery um, on the first. And currently we are on track, assuming that there's no more scar tissue to build up. Our goal or like our target is to have a January transfer of embryos, um, which we ended up with three baby boys embryos after our first retrieval so my husband is a twin he would always wanted to have twins I've been in and out of the desire to have twins but mostly because my friend has twin girls and when they were born she was like this is the worst year of my life and when they turned one and I was like yeah it's been terrible like oh my goodness like one's throwing up the other one's crying like I don't you don't want to deal with this but now that they're a little older, they're six now, and where my husband and I are their grandparents, it's like, what a dream. And it's just a dream to yeah. watch them have that relationship and play with each other. When I was younger, I'd always say I wanted, I was going to have twin boys and a little girl, twin boys and a little girl. Now, obviously, I have three boy embryos, so there's no little girl that is in like our direct immediate yeah. future. So I, we haven't told our doctors yet because we heard they're very resistant to it. So we kind of want to spring it on them. <laughs> But we really want to transfer two embryos and hopefully we'll we'll see what happens there. Oh yeah. I I think that you should. Um it's so weird. I have a three year old little girl and she I'm not gonna go through this whole my whole story, but um to get pregnant with her, we did Femera, you know, letrozole. Um No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, so Femera it, I was having issues with having big enough healthy eggs come mm. through. And so they did, uh, we did a few rounds of Femera and IUIs and then just Femera trying and whatever. And so Femera sometimes will push out two or three eggs at a time. And so she was two eggs, but only one fertilized. Um, Mm. I could tell that like two had come through, which like looking back now, it's fine. It's fine. Like how it was, but part of me is like, oh, it would have been sort of nice to have twins and just be pregnant once. And then that's, then they have friends. And yeah. I mean, really, I know it's probably hell on earth the first year, but after that they have a friend and they like yeah. each other company and it's just fun, you know? Yeah. Yep. I, I've always, I've always said I'm going to have two pregnancies and three kids. So we'll see how that works out for me. Um, but I agree. Like, I remember thinking that was always the, the, the life, like that would be great. Yeah. And then my, my best friend had twins and I was like oh yeah. heck no <laughs> oh my god no it was about when they were three that it really started to like turn around and like oh like they are a little bit more self-sufficient they're playing together they entertain each other yeah and as much as like I know I'm a nurturing person I'm in maternal and I that will probably get more on high gear as I have kids like I've always said like I am probably not the mom that can sit there and play on play for hours on end yeah. my mom is that mom my mom still is that mom with kids, but I am just like not that person. So they definitely need to have a yeah. have a built capacity. <laughs> and you can, if you have twins, you can resource yourself and get help for that first year as well. So yeah. 
Okay, a few quick things to wrap up. And this is so cool because I know we're we're chatting about this in December, but it's going to come out in January. And I'm just, I don't know. There's a magic for manifestors and MGs when you actually start speaking about stuff and speaking things into existence. And I just want you to know that this will be really magnetic for you and really um, cool to go back and listen to, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> one thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that what you just touched on about sharing um, is so important because so many women and men, couples, they go through this journey alone and in silence, I feel like. And my first pregnancy, it happened so fast. I didn't even get to tell people I was pregnant before I had to tell them that I wasn't pregnant. And then making a call that I was, something bad happened to me and like was so awkward, I didn't do it. But I was never, I was never closed off about it. So if it came up, I'd be like, oh, well, my miscarriage. And then my my sister was like, what do you mean your miscarriage? What my son and I back was like, what do you mean your miscarriage? And I'm like, oh, and then I could see how that came that, that I didn't share that with them. But it remember thinking like, oh, why would I burden them with this? Right? Like it just didn't happen. It was like one thing if I had to go tell them that I wasn't pregnant anymore, but I didn't even get the chance to do that. And so the second one is why I was fine with telling people when I was around them. The third time I was open about going through RUI. This fourth time with IVF, I have been sharing on social media and has actually sparked by meeting with you. Like I had already been a little influenced and inspired by one of my friends, Heather, who was going through IVF and just sharing the process of it. And that was so helpful for me to be like, okay, so this is how long it takes. Like, this is what the kind of drugs they give you. Like, this is how I might feel like all these different things. I'm a planner. So having that knowledge was so helpful to me. So I was already feeling like if I could help one other person just feel more educated and comfortable as they enter this process or have more questions as they go in, then I'm, I would be grateful that I was too timid to do it. And so here I am in July, I hear this podcast that you're on. I do my human design thing. And my initial reading is my throat chakra is defined. I need to use my voice. I need to take people on this journey with me. And obviously that was a specific to IVF, yeah, but that was the first thing that came to my mind and my heart. And I think literally like two days later, I started opening up about what I'd been through as far as my miscarriages openly on Instagram for everyone. And I'm not, I might've been private at the time. I'm not private any longer. And I've kept those stories in my highlight so people could reference back. I don't, we probably don't want to hear me talk that much, but it's there. <laughs> if anybody feels like they need to relate to that and, um, it has brought so much fulfillment in like the weirdest way. Like people that I never knew did IVF. I mean, people that I am close with in earlier days opened up to me about that. And because it wasn't ABS, you know, it's just because it's a private matter or it's like not as normalized or like whatever people that I went to college with that I maybe I'm not as close with have come to me and been like, Oh, like, you know, my baby is actually this. And so it just created so many amazing bonds. And it's helped me, right? Like, it's nice when you have connection and people are going through. So using your voice and actually talking about these, I know it's hard and I know it's scary. And I know that like, it's sad, but I think the reason why it's all those things is because people keep it to themselves personally. And I think if you were to let it go, like you not only feel therapeutic when you say it out loud and you hear yourself speak it, 
but it's the same thing. Like you said, you start to speak, speak things into existence, right? You start to feel good about the process that you're going through. You start getting support. Like I would just told this to all my, my girlfriends this last weekend. I said, look, I was like, if you don't tell sometimes people how to be there for you, they don't get to be there for you. And so we can sit there and be quiet about everything, or we can let people in and share with them so that they know how to support me because we all need support. Like more and more as I'm coming out of this phase of like, keep things to yourself, work hard, we need to know. And I get it. Like there's privacy, there's boundaries around that. But overall, like when they say like it takes a village, when they say, when you look back on history of how people have lived and how people have supported each other, we've gotten so far off from that community aspect of like letting people in and being around them and just showing up or sending a flower or dropping soup off on their porch or sending a text just because you say, I'm thinking about you. Like I have something I've been very intentional about this year. Like, I don't, somebody, I used to be comfortable about when someone would pass away. Like, what do you say? I don't know. Like, nothing I can say can make it better. But you know what? I can say that makes it better. Not ignoring what they're going through. That's so much worse. Ignoring that I'm going through IVF. So much worse than saying, hey, if you need anything, I'm here. Like, I'm sorry. Or somebody passed away. Like, ignoring that massive thing that just happened in their life. Like, hey, I love you. Nothing I can say makes it better. But I'm thinking about it. That's it. That's it. And I have felt so much more fulfilled by opening my mouth. It is a huge thing. We've lost connection, mm-hmm. you know, and true community. I mean, there's great things about masterminds and group calls and things to like build your business and all that. And that's amazing too. And we need community for going through the shit of life, you know, and just yep. connecting, connecting in that. I 100% agree with you. I feel like it really aligns to your episode plus last year on January about really realigning with that community feel and following your heart on things. That episode I've listened to more than once and it stuck with me because I feel like we're supposed to be, I, I agree, like we're supposed to be more intuitive. We're supposed to listen to that little voice that says, just send the flowers mm-hmm. or just, just say hello. Those little things are tiny things, but they make a big difference. And I think about that new paradigm that you talk about, hoping you'll elaborate more on that in this first week of the year, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to see that that's where society or like our culture is going, hopefully go right, or being forced to go, whatever, however that works. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. One thing that has really impressed me, I don't know your husband very much except through you on social media, about y'all is the way that you haven't wasted the waiting time I know you explained that in a recent Instagram reel. I think it was from either end of November or early December 2022, if anybody wants to go back and, and look at her Instagram. Is this something you, y'all you have always been good at or that you've learned recently on not, like, because there's always that, I'll be happy when I get mm-hmm. pregnant. I'll be happy when the baby comes. I'll be happy when the baby is three and is out of diapers. I'll, you know, like all of that. And then you fucking wish your life away. Yeah, I would say we've always been good at it. Um, honestly, I think we've we've always booked the trip. Um, you can go back on my Instagram. Just keep yeah. scrolling. You'll see. You'll see all the before stories, before all the things. We've always booked the trip. We've literally said yes to everything to almost a point of exhaustion. <laughs> uh, we never regret saying yes. It very actually very well. Yeah, I can't really think of a time like in hindsight where I'm like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Like we should have gone to their wedding and it came up last minute or 
you know, we've, we've stretched ourselves to make everything and to try to be there as much as possible. We get made fun of a lot. Like, oh, are you guys going to be here? We would like to have a photo for dinner. And we're like, oh, like they're for a period of our life. Someone's like, they're oh, they're probably on a wedding or <laughs> like they're probably on vacation. So we've actually always been like that. I think that actually going through the pregnancy portion of this has fueled that fire even more. I think previously part of it was maybe that we did it and I was like, oh, it's just going to have to slow down when we have kids. It was like this mentality that like life would have to pause for a little while in those aspects. Um, and I think waiting the period that we did kind of grew us out of that. Like, hey, like, why do we have to stop this? We can go on vacation with our kids. We can take our kids with us. Like, we just have to plan for that. We have to plan for a nanny or we have to plan for childcare. Good news. I'm a planner. So that works. Like I've, I've been made fun of for years about wanting a night nurse. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm going to want to kill my husband, yeah. you know, and, or I'm going to want sleep or want to, maybe I'll want to go back to work and like eat the time. No. So those types of things have just been things that I think like this pregnancy journey and the loss of it has actually fueled it more. And I, we have so much more confidence through this lost journey or hardship, if you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't, it's hard, but I don't look at it. Maybe in hindsight, I'll look at it as a, like a, a lull in our life. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it that way currently, as like more fuel to the fire. Like we can. I look back and say like, look how much extra time we got without worrying about children. How, look, we how many more beaches have we laid on and just been able to get drunk and go sleep in and, and do whatever. And I do wake up on a Sunday morning right now and think like, oh, like someday, like we'll probably be getting jumped on. Today's not that day, so I'm gonna just stay here, you know. And and I think there's a different appreciation for life that has come with this loss journey. Um, because I, I, three times my brain reprogrammed three times it deprogrammed. And I know what it feels like to think my whole life is different to be ner- the things I'm going to, I was nervous about, you know, the things that I was going to have to savor from a time perspective, like sleep, maybe there's like, you know, those beautiful little sleeps of not worrying if they're breathing in the crib or like whatever. <laughs> Um, because I've also watched my friend's kids overnight and I would get up to see if they're breathing. Like I get it. So I it's gonna be like magnified by a thousand. So I just think that it's such such a deep appreciation for how simple it is right now. Um, even though it can feel complicated. I, I just feel like our life is so simple right now because I've had that blessing of knowing what it would feel like three different times. And we I think the the only difference right now is like if I get pregnant in January, it depends what trip we'll take. Cause I'm like, Oh, I really want to be able to drink at that one. Or like, you know, we want to go to Ireland. I'm like, well, I want to go to taste whiskey. I want to go beer and whiskey. Yeah. So I'm like, not going to plan the Ireland one. But if I don't get pregnant, you might see us in Ireland. <laughs> so, yeah. so it just kind of, that's the only thing that's really changed. Just used to like really plan things up because with IVF, like really weird waiting game. Um, there has been a little bit of that shift, but for the most part, like we had a trip to Florida last month. They were, my surgeon only does one day of surgery. So I had to wait a month for my surgery. Like I did not go to Florida last month or cancel my plans to do that. So we've always been like that. It just is what it is. Life is what it is. And I always say that it's working out exactly how it's supposed to. Like we are, I'm a different mom now than I would have been three years ago. A million. And I'm more proud of the mom that I get to be now. I'm more bold, more um, just like not justified, but like more, Vindicate. I don't know. Like I just, I feel so much more intensely about decisions I'll make and why. Yes. The why is the huge part. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, we've always been. We take we take dance lessons every Friday that we're home. 
We're yeah. very intentional with our time and our relationship. Doesn't mean we don't scroll next to each other, but we do acknowledge when we're doing that. We're like, ooh, we should, yeah. we should really do this. But I think for the most and most, and we hope that we inspire in others too. So. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. Your children are going to have amazing parents. Um, that was one thing that I, like, we did all of that work after having a kid, um, which I think was beautiful in its own way. Um, having Caroline forced us to step up and actually put, we're now being very intentional about putting our marriage first above her, even because mm-hmm. I think that's important. It's so weird because I love working so much, but we try to now like once a week have like a morning date or a day date after we drop her off at school. Like if Cam doesn't have to work, like he he sometimes only works like two or three days a week. And so then I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to go into work yet. We'll have like a day date or go grab breakfast or do whatever. Pretend like we don't have kids. Um, And that has been really nice and something that I wish that we had always done because it is so having kids is not easy. And if you already have that really solid foundation of a marriage, it makes things way easier. And we didn't, we didn't really have that at the beginning. So I think that's beautiful that y'all are going to have that, you know, that's a blessing for your kids. I remember you saying that when we did my chart initially, you're like, I'm, you're so lucky that you get to like figure this out before you become a parent. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's, I mean, like, and I think there's right, again, like, there's no wrong or right way to figure these things out. I think the fact that we're figuring them out and that we're so proactive about it is what's beautiful. But I, yeah, it, you're right. Like it's brought some really cool things in, into our life. And I think it's a shame to not recognize those. And I, I do have some friends and family and things that people that like reclused and I don't know that they saw the value in that experience they went through. Um, and I think that's a huge reason why, you know, I'm great to I'm on this podcast right now because I'm hoping to shift that a little bit or just if someone else feels similarly like you're not alone, girl. <laughs> well, to, to wrap up, um, I wanted to give you some time to speak things into reality, into existence. <laughs> what things do you see for your future? Obviously, motherhood. You're going to be an amazing mother. But what else as far as income portals, your network marketing business, all the other things for your 2023 vision board? What do you, what do you see? Yeah, I actually just did a lot of, well, I'm going of Christmas, which I'm a few days behind, but I'm still doing it. <laughs> but I think like what I just started writing was there's things and there's like a person that I want to be that becomes that. And I feel like part of me is like she follows her gut and takes action. Mm-hmm. No overthinking. She's comfortable with making mistakes, being rejected, failing because it gets me that much closer to like my highest self or to be. I keep the promises I make to myself. I read rather than watch TV or go on walks and stick to my routines. And I think all of this really gets to the point of like, yes, what am I speaking into existence by being this person is I want to go nation with my Arbonne business next year. My goal is to go region um, before our conference in June. And my goal is to go nation by the end of the year. That's scary to say out loud. (laughs) Um, I obviously, I want to be a twin mama in 2023 to two beautiful twin boys. I want to have my first vacation with my husband without my children booked before they're born. (laughs) So, you know, after they're born, um, so that we have like that habit starting to be created for ourselves. 
obviously by going region and nation, my income portal with Arbonne will, will expand tremendously, but intending on doing with that is really stepping into real estate, whether that be for passive income rentals, um, like consistent rentals, or also getting into like the Airbnb space, just because I think it's really fun for me to be creative and be able to like kind of design experiences for people. Speaking to existence, my husband and I are still dancing. <laughs> Dancing in the kitchen, dancing at the lessons, all of that. Um, so yeah, I, I think I feel like it's, it's kind. Of, I'm not gonna say it just because I don't want to not say it, but I almost feel like it never needs to be said that my husband and I are stronger than we've ever been. Yeah, um, we keep getting stronger, but you know, with all of these things coming up, it's gonna take time and it's gonna take energy. And I just want I want us to be stronger through all of that and really connected. Um, and intentional about how we're growing together. Yeah. And then I'm just the healthiest pregnant person that you've ever seen in your life with like muscles and everything. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashlyn, for coming, for opening up for, I know all of this stuff wasn't easy to talk about. And I know it's things that you've shared here and there throughout the past um, six months or so, but I thank you for taking the time to record it all in one place, and hopefully it will be a good resource for you too um, and a way for you to connect with all of the people that are meant to come into your life in 2023 and beyond as well and be an expander as a mom who just stuck it out and remained hopeful and just spoke things into existence, spoke to your, your little boys and your girl into existence. You're a miracle. You're very, very powerful. Um, I want you to know that. And I'm excited. I'm excited for you for this year. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. I think it's been really nice to be able to cohesively say it all at once. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to being a leader in multiple areas of my life and being a leader with following and growing and helping people step into their greatness as well. That's a really big dream of mine as well. So thank you for the space to be able to say that out loud. I am sure we'll have you back on at some point to review all of the things that you brought into 3D reality. A report, card. A report card at the end of that. But thank you for coming on now. And I'm excited for everybody to connect with you. Be sure to go scroll down to the show notes and give Ashlyn a follow and DM her if this episode resonated with you and, and share it on your Instagram stories and, and tag both of us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ashlyn. Thank you. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. 
Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.